Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast, of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Alec. And today we are talking about how to order one's life wisely. If only there were a prayer exactly like that title. (laughs) Well, Alec, I've got great news for you. There is a prayer written by St. Thomas Aquinas that says... What is it called? The, the prayer for the wise ordering of one's life, right? It's a little bit of a wordy title. Is that That's what it is, right? Uh, you know, different translations. I have prayer yeah. for ordering a life wisely, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, six of this, first, of just, <laughs> first, just to say, there's the... What he says ordering, it doesn't really mean... It's not talking about, like, like organization or anything like that. I think it's, it's how do you place your life well-ordered in relation to God, right? It's, it's like, how do, you, how do you orient everything properly according to like the holy life and according to trying to grow closer to the Lord. Yeah. Does that make sense? It it does, and it will make more sense after we pray the prayer right now and, and we kind of hear what it all is, because I think any way that I try and kind of explain it is just better explained by the prayer. And then maybe yeah, we that's probably true. After. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, why don't we why don't we read through it, pray through it. And then we'll just kind of go through and see what uh, where the beauty is, because I've been trying to pray this prayer every morning. Uh, not trying to. I've been praying this prayer every morning for the past month or so, and it has really greatly affected my life. Like the first couple of times, I just, I honestly, I kind of like cried like a baby. I was like, this prayer is so beautiful. <laughs> um, but uh, it is uh, very good. So yeah. Well, buckle up, because it takes about 20 minutes to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of long, not super yeah. long, but yeah, not longer that long. than like. Don't like, stop it's, listening it's, now. It's not yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's the kind of it's like not a prayer that you're going to very easily be able to memorize. So, you, <laughs> I, but it is not long. I would say, you know, it's yeah. like in that weird spot. Yeah, it was like creed length, maybe. I think it's longer. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, who knows? All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Oh, merciful God. Grant that I may desire ardently, search prudently, recognize truly, and bring to perfect completion whatever is pleasing to you, for the praise and glory of your name. Put my life in good order, O my God. Grant that I may know what you require me to do. Bestow upon me the power to accomplish your will, as is necessary and fitting for the salvation of my soul. Grant to me, O Lord my God, that I may not falter in times of prosperity or adversity, so that I may not be exalted in the former, nor dejected in the latter. May I desire to please no one, nor fear to displease anyone but you. May all transitory things, O Lord, be worthless to me, and may all things eternal be ever cherished by me. May any joy without you be burdensome for me, and may I not desire anything else besides you. May all work, O Lord, delight me when done for your sake, and may all repose not centered in you be ever wearisome for me. Grant unto me, my God, that I may direct my heart to you, and that in my failures I may ever feel remorse for my sins and never lose the resolve to change. O Lord, my God, make me submissive without protest, poor without discouragement, chaste without regret, patient without complaint, humble without posturing, cheerful without frivolity, mature without gloom, and quick-witted without flippancy. O Lord my God, let me fear you without losing hope, 
be truthful without guile. Do good works without presumption. Rebuke my neighbors without haughtiness. And, without hypocrisy, strengthen him by word and example. Give to me, O Lord God, a watchful heart, which no capricious thought can lure away from you. Give to me a noble heart, which no unworthy desire can debase. Give to me a resolute heart, which no evil intention can divert. Give to me a stalwart heart, which no tribulation can overcome. Give to me a temperate heart, which no violent passion can enslave. Give to me, O Lord my God, understanding of you, diligence in seeking you, discourse ever pleasing to you, perseverance in waiting for you. Grant that with your hardships I may be burdened in reparation here, that your benefits I may use in gratitude upon the way, that in your joys I may delight by glorifying you in the kingdom of heaven, you who live and reign, God, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's all we got for you today. All Have right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that prayer is very beautiful. As I said earlier, it, like I said, it, it, it kind of can get dense, especially if you're not following along. We're going to put the the actual text of the prayer in you know the description of this episode, and also to keep in mind there are some like slight differences in translation. So uh, if you were to look it up online, it might be different than the one that we have said, but the points are all the same. It's just maybe slightly different here and there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is long and it is hard. So I do encourage you, maybe we should have said that beforehand to pull up the words and kind of follow along. And it's also the kind of prayer that maybe the density is nice because you can return to it a lot and maybe get more or something jumps out at you differently each time. But kind of going off of that, Eddie, is there any part of this that you want to start with or that jumps out to you or that's been kind of staying with you over this last month of praying it yeah i think really it's been like it's something different every day it's it's honestly whatever i think maybe i'm struggling with at that time or uh there's just so many lines that just like will sink into my brain and i'll think about them a lot throughout the day um i say we just go through it kind of you know, stanza by stanza, uh, or it's probably not the right word for it, but, um, <laughs> and also, I, uh, and just kind of see what, what is good. Um, I do, I do really like the, the, the start of it where it says, grant that I may desire ardently, search prudently, recognize truly, and bring to perfect completion whatever is pleasing to you for the praise and glory of your name. I think what always stands out to me is just the recognize truly part that I think I don't go through my day very much, and praying this prayer has helped that, like even in ways that I just can't really understand or things that I don't really see, I see it in like lived out where I throughout the day recognize more so the vices that God maybe is calling me to work on or the actions that God is calling me to do to like to see with his eyes. I think that that's so important that the because I think a lot of times I find myself like okay with the search, but just not good at the finding. Like I don't even know what I'm looking for. And this prayer I think has been, has been very helpful just to phrase it and to place it not so much on me to recognize, but really just like God, like point out to me the things that you need me to see at the times you need me to see them. And it's been, I've, I've seen that lived out a lot uh, from the day-to-day life in the past month, more than uh, any other time, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think like right off the bat, you kind of get that language of submission. Like we submit ourselves to God who is merciful. So 
in submitting ourselves and making ourselves vulnerable, we trust that he is merciful in that those times that we don't desire ardently what's pleasing to him, or we don't search prudently for what's pleasing to him, that through his mercy is how we can, is the only way that we can really do that. And I know for me, when I read this beginning, I kind of make, I repeat it. So like, uh, O merciful God, grant that I may desire ardently whatever is pleasing to you. Grant that I may search prudently whatever is pleasing to you. Just like as a reminder, so I don't get lost in a list, but that each one of those things, like the goal of each one of them is to orient my life in such a way that is pleasing to God. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, that is that is good. Uh, because going, and I didn't, I've never thought about that. I think I might, I might try and do that as well. Because the desire, even like from the start, the desire ardently what is pleasing to you is, there's going to be a lot of later on what he talks about that I think our desires, we, we set our desires on lower things. I know I do a lot. That, and it's not even always on things that are, that are bad, but there are oftentimes things that just are not him or I'm seeking out even goodness, but not in his name. That is just, it's, it's not effective and it's not the fullness of truth. And so to desire only what is pleasing to him, I think is important, obviously, but I think that the difficulty is, is oftentimes I desire what is pleasing to me, even if it's not necessarily displeasing to God, like it's not like deliberately a get counter to God, but it's not properly ordered in the sense that it's not God first and everything else flows from that. It's like God's over here and the other thing is over here and they're not completely contradictory to each other. So it, it's, it makes its way, it's easier for it to slip into my day-to-day practice. You know what I mean? But honestly, even if it's the same thing, but you're doing it because you desire it instead of because it's pleasing to God, I feel like maybe there's still room to reorder such that we should be wanting to orient in such a way that it's pleasing to God and not just because it's also what we want. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, not to... Absolutely, and and not and not to miss. So I hope just re, to restate so that people don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Also, that it's not the like. Also, that is really bad for someone who if, I'm not trying to say that. Like, if you are, because I said that it, as long as it's not contrary to God, like eventually that will become contrary to God. Like, and it can become very toxic to the relationship if you are placing something else equal to God. But I'm just saying it's not like necessarily like an obvious sin, but. I, I talk to my students, uh, based off what you said, I talk to my students a lot about, you know, they always want to know, like, they'll, they'll ask questions around it, but they always kind of want to know, like, w- how does God feel about the fact that they play sports? Or how does God feel about, like, um, their desire to play professional sports? Or re- really the high school, like, kid, all they care about is sports. But um, <laughs> it, it, it always falls back on that. But I always, I always encourage them is that more, it's not so that God isn't, calling you to like leave the sport you don't have to like god is placing you a desire to play the sport that's fine but what you need to do is you need to make god is god desires to be brought into every moment he wants to be involved in your sports he wants to uh, be a part of it right he wants to as it says at the end of this first part of the prayer for the praise and glory of your name right he just he he, he's okay with you playing sports in so much as you are playing sports for the praise and glory of his name that is good right and we'll see that kind of later right when we get into prosperity and adversity maybe down uh, a few paragraphs a few, a few chunks here that stanza okay. i'm sticking with stanzas. stanza i'm, I'm just gonna good. roll with it i'm I like just gonna stanza. roll with it at this point you know i like stanza um but that how are you 
when you are playing your sport, okay, you're winning. Are you exalting yourself in your winning or are you seeking excellence for the praise and glory of, of God's name? Or if you're losing a bunch, are you feeling dejected or are you still remembering that which is more important? But we'll get to that stanza because I had one last comment on this opening stanza. That's right. We're still on the opening stanza, uh, which is I like that the first line is to desire ardently because I think that everything that follows is what does it look like to desire ardently? Because if you don't have that desire to order your life toward what is pleasing to God, none of the rest of this is going to make much sense because it's kind of like, okay, once you have that desire, so what, what does it look like to desire what's pleasing to God with respect to chastity or poverty or patience? And we'll kind of see that later. But if you don't have from the get-go that desire for God's praise and glory, then the rest of it is going to be hard to, um, I guess, implement and make sense of. Absolutely. Yeah, the desire really comes first, right? And so I think a lot of times in my own life, I... I get stuck on just praying for the desire. Like, God, I don't really desire yeah, well, this today, then, so like, well, we've give done me that, the grace uh, to desire it. Uh, um, litany of humility, right? That one's... But and first and I guess it wasn't my last comment because you reminded me of one more, which is you look at this yeah. three and it's, I, grant me, Lord, that I can want it, look for it, and then find it, right? So desire ardently, I want it. Search prudently, help me to look for it. I want it, but I don't just sit here. I go look for it. And then when you when you reveal it to me, I can see it through your eyes. And like that is just that little three is how you get from zero to action, right? Want it, go look for it, and then find it. And and then do it and bring it to, to perfect completion, you know? And honestly, I'm just thinking now, like, I it might be wise for me to commit this first part to memory and just pray that throughout the day, you know, because I think, I think it does have a decent, it does a decent job of like setting, well, it does a great job, but it's a decent summary of the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff that is coming later, but, but I think it could be good to, to just memorize this and just pray it throughout the day every now and again. But yeah. So, okay. Lucky for you guys, we're going to somewhat skip over the next two stanzas, which are very short, but uh, the next thing I wanted to comment on was, uh, bestow upon me the power to accomplish your will as is necessary and fitting for the salvation of my soul. And so kind of looking at that necessary and fitting, so salvation of our soul through God's grace and mercy, but not only are all these things necessary for us to maintain such a relationship with God that allows salvation through his mercy but it's fitting. And by that, what it makes me think of is, um, you know, there, there is no better life than life in relationship with Christ. And so it's not just like, well, if I want salvation, I have to do these things. But it's fitting in that it is what brings us most alive. And I just, that, that line, it also kind of reminds me of, you know, in the Mass, our duty and salvation at all times and everywhere to give you thanks. Um, that, yeah, it's so essential to our relationship with him that we are trying to accomplish his will and also recognizing that 
we can't do that without him, right? Bestow upon me the power to accomplish your will. He's bestowing it. We're not like, all right, God, I can do this and make sure I can do it according to your will. It's only through you and with you can I do this thing that is so essential to my flourishing and the salvation of us through your kingdom. Yes, absolutely, right? Yeah, seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given to you as well, you know? Amen. (laughs) And uh, yeah, moving on, it says, Grant to me, O Lord my God, that I may not falter in times of prosperity or adversity, so that I may not be exalted in the former nor dejected in the latter. I think that that's so important. I think in the spiritual life, not only like prosperity and adversity in the world, but also in the spiritual life that I think we are bad, myself included, like myself most included, I am very bad at navigating the spiritual life where um, I, it's like I fall to the same tricks always, right? With consolation and desolation where things are going well. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I must be like super holy right now. And then desolation <laughs> comes and I'm like, where the heck, like, is God, like where, where is my relationship with God gone? You know? Um, or like, you know, in life, I, I think it's just a tendency of pride to be, to want to associate ourselves with the, you know, when we're doing things well, that that is like who we are, that is our identity that, uh, you know, we can never fall again. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely difficult. But I I like that. It says, you know, that I may not be exalted in the former nor dejected in the latter. It's kind of just, I feel like the, the Christian life remains a, a steady sense of peace and realism with, with all of that is healthy, right? It's almost like it's just a healthy balance with both. That's like, you, you really aren't feeling any different one way or the other. Yeah, and it's not to say that we need to be like super flat, stoic, boring. We're kind of monotone the whole time, no matter if things are good or things are bad, because we still want, and that's the beauty of the faith, right? It makes joy more joy. We still celebrate. God wants to celebrate with us the wonderful things that happen in prosperity and in adversity. He wants to be there with us to help us get through it. And so rather than wallowing when it's bad or being prideful when it's good, to kind of be thankful when it's good, but also to remember that we're not alone when it's bad. Yes, right. And don't let it exalt us above above like the reality of because I, I think in, in moments of in prosperity, I just I so easily forget about God and I make a make a God of myself. That that that's the danger. But um, yes, very good. Yeah. Which is kind of going into that next line, right? Like making a God of myself and the next stanza being made, I desire to please no one nor fear to displease anyone but you. Yeah, that's that's one of those, that's one of the the lines of the prayer that just wreck me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, I mean, it's very much so like the litany of humility, if anybody's ever prayed that, and we've talked about it a lot before, but it's, it's, it's very much in line with that. I desire to please other people besides God all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, we were just praying with the Beatitudes the other day, like me and some, uh, at this little Bible study thing that we have going on, and I was just like, as I was reading, I was like, man, I'm a bad Christian. Like it's the, it was, the, it's the Beatitudes in, in Luke. So where mm-hmm. it, uh, it's not, it's, it, it's slightly different, um, than, um, where they focus on a few other things, but it's just like, I do not rejoice in suffering. I do not rejoice in, in, <laughs> I do fear displeasing people. Um, and you know, where it says like, woe to you who is, woe to you who like everyone speaks uh, highly of, right? Because they, the false prophets were spoken highly of too. So it's like, man. I, I fear to 
displease people. I fear to, um, that people won't think highly of me, all of that. And so, and I do think that oftentimes I can theoretically compromise my relationship with the Lord specifically so that I don't compromise my relationship with another person or like, you know, you can see it, you can see it kind of lived out with like, do we ever tell just like, even just like a small lie or something that in order to save face with somebody, but in reality, as opposed to telling the truth, because we're afraid that this person might be mad at us, we're afraid of how this person will look at us otherwise, or whatever it might be. And I know that it's just, it's very toxic. It's so, so, so toxic to our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You know, what, what relationship are we valuing most should be our relationship with God. And that's, you know, so easy to say and so hard to do, um, especially with people that we really care about. And the next two are the ones that definitely, I think they probably hit me the most, um, where it says, may all transitory things, O Lord, be worthless to me, and may all things eternal be ever cherished by me. May any joy without you be burdensome for me, and may I not desire anything else besides you. May all work, O Lord, delight me when done for your sake, and may all repose not centered in you be everywhere, be ever wearisome for me. That is like a scary prayer, because <laughs> like going back to what we talked about earlier, like I feel like I desire a lot of things that are not necessarily bad in and of themselves, but I don't always offer them to the Lord, and I don't allow the Lord into them and I don't allow him to make them into whatever they want, whether it be even something silly, like, like my love for board games or my love for sports. It is, it's a scary thought to think like I am asking God to, if, if I ever find myself in the case where I'm not doing this specifically for his will, for his glory, to make it miserable for me. Like (laughs) may it be, may, may like where it says may all repose not centered in you be ever wearisome for me that like, cause I sure do love me some repose. Let me tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the thought of like losing that, if I'm not like, it's, it's, it's almost like a, I, I think of it almost like a, like a shock collar where it's like, if I'm like trying to rest and I'm not resting for the Lord, it's like, it's like, Oh, you're going to hate this. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's scary. And I think of that, like I, you know, I'm living with four other guys who we really get along really well and it's an awesome situation and we play a lot of games together and we have a great time together and all that. But the thought of like, am I okay with offering that up to the Lord to, to make it into exactly what he wants it to be? Not like trying to pigeonhole him into what I desire it to be, you know? Yeah. And I, I think about this in the context of uh, another relationship too. Like if you, if you get a promotion or you get a grade back that was, you, you know, you got an A on something you worked really hard on or whatever it is, when you have something worth sharing or something you're joyous about, who do you want to share that with? And there are people like if I if I get good news, I want to tell my wife. I want to tell Eddie. I want to share it. And like if I have that joy, but I'm not sharing it in my relationship with the Lord, then let it be burdensome. Let it's not. It's more joyous to be sharing it with Him than to have the thing without Him. Ideally, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, like. No, I, I say that, but you know, and I ho- I hope it's true. But that's what that's what we pray this for because that that is a scary thing to uh, to become real. Um, yeah, and I feel like yeah, yeah. it's you know be be ready to pray this and then for it to happen and then to get mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those right. Yeah. Pray at your own risk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, prayers discretion is advised. <laughs> The following prayer is not fit for all audiences. <laughs> we got some stickers need printing here. <laughs> yeah, prayer rating mature. 
yes, this next stanza is maybe my favorite other than the first one because I think this, to me, is a great summary of, you know, the virtuous middle, right? And and the wonderful Catholic contemplation of the both and, right? It's yeah, it's a, it really is. It's a summary. I feel like it's a summary of the Catholic disposition to things, you know? Yeah, and it's it's such a, a total scope, right? We're not just submissive for the sake of being submissive, but that we're submissive without protest. It does us no good if we're submissive, but we're complaining the whole time, right? That we're not giving it up. It does us no good if we're poor, but we're discouraged. It does us no good to be chaste if we're just full of regret and frustration about it, but that we are these things and kind of to take it back to the beginning because it's pleasing to God and that it is fitting for our souls. Yeah, let's uh, let, let's just roll through it and quick thoughts on each one. Uh, it says, so, O oh Lord, my God, make me submissive without protest. That's what we just spoke about, right? It's that I, it's so, so easy for me to be, I'll do it your will as God, but I'm not going to like it, right? <laughs> if we're going to do it your way, then I'm, we're going to do it my way, you know? <laughs> we're going to do your way my way then. Uh, yeah, and think and, about it like, you know, if you uh, if you're at at work and your boss asks you like, oh, can you go um, can you go cover this this position? It's like, oh, fine, and you go do it. That's, that's very different from like, you got it, boss, or like, yes, definitely, I can cover that. It's very yep. different to just be humbling and grumbling, humbling, rumbling and grumbling, rumbling and grumbling. <laughs> Lots of humblings. <laughs> um, yeah, poor without discouragement. Oof tough one thoughts as you yeah uh, <laughs> soon enter into a vow of poverty <laughs> uh technically diocesan priests don't make a vow of poverty so uh, Ooh, i'm in the well. clear <laughs> <laughs> thought i could trick and you into it <laughs> also we have different connotations of soon because that is still very far away <laughs> <laughs> and poor and poverty maybe are different <laughs> yeah right but uh yeah poor without discouragement is is i just think about like when I just am feeling down, I, it's so easy to get discouraged, but like not, not getting discouraged, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and trusting, you know, give us, I just want to be poor. Bread. Like, let me, I, the best way that I can word it is I want to be poor without being discouraged. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to word it. Very elucidating for everyone listening for sure. <laughs> um, I think the next one's difficult. Chased without regret. Yeah. That one, that um, one, hits hard man you know in or out of marriage like in any scenario like chastity and just that denial of urges it is so easy to be frustrated about that and and feel mm. like you're missing out you know like it's just i know like for so for so many people with myself included i've said that way too many times today <laughs> myself included i should just start with myself <laughs> I should just say i know for me it is true all the time that like in my struggles with purity it's always like I'm afraid that I'm going to lose it almost. You know, I don't want to be chased because I don't want to be. I don't want to completely lose the ability to fall into sin. And that's something that uh, another guy who's been on many times, uh, uh, Carlo, he always talks about is that like the grace to to overcome the sins of the flesh. Like God gives, like they're there. Like you have to. It's really more than anything else is like a desire to want to get rid of them because I think like and now there obviously are cases of people who have like you know severe addiction and things like that. But like for so many of us, for me in my life, it's been so, so frequent where it's just like, yep, I really want to, I like, I want to be pure, but I also want to be not pure. So like 
I have, I carry with me a lot of potential regret of, and fear of like, if I like, let this go, who will I be without it? Right. You know, like what, and then, then, and it's just tough, you know? Yeah. Lord make me pure, but not yet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the other one that really stands out to me is, uh, well, obviously humble without posturing, right? Like, so, which basically means being humble without not being humble. <laughs> Did we ever record did we record an episode on can you admit that you're humble? We talked about it a little bit, I think, when we had the humility episode, but I okay. don't remember if we actually recorded an episode just on that. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, humility ruined by the pride of humility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, cheerful without frivolity, mature without gloom, and quick-witted without flippancy. I feel like they all kind of pair together nicely where it's just like, be cheerful, but don't have things not mean anything to you. Be mature, but don't be a downer. And be smart and funny, but don't, don't, but again, once again, don't, you know. Not care. Not care. Um, which is tough because I think uh, we we tend to oversteer into one of these things, you know. Yeah, and it's it's easy to go far and not see the problem. Like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm being cheerful. Yeah, but cheerful to the point of frivolity is not proper cheer i guess but it's easy to see like oh well no more maturity is always good but there is an amount of uh joy that being too gloomy takes away from so yeah just not going too far with any of these and as somebody who's very quick-witted and is never (laughs) flippant you know i just i I basically just skip that line i'm too mature (laughs) to respond to that (laughs) (laughs) um skipping ahead to where it says give to me, there's like a series of give to me, O Lords, um, some, a, a different type of heart, which I think they're all really good. You know, a watchful heart, a noble heart, a resolute heart, a stalwart heart, a temperate heart. I think for me, it, it really just is a summer, a summary of the fact that I think our heart wanders very easily, which is, I love the song, Come Thou Font, and one, because of the, the line that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, uh, prone to leave the God I love, it just wrecks me, right? It's just... Uh, I feel it all the time. I feel that my heart wants to wander away from him and I want to fall back into worldly desires. I want to just, just wander. It's really like, you don't even notice that you're doing it. And I just, I just kind of like slowly walk away. And then I realize that I'm, I find myself somewhere else that I don't want to be, but just to have a heart that like is aware of all these things and cannot be shaken by it. Right. I think that that is so important and difficult to master, but uh, I think it's a really beautiful summary here of how, how to, tame your passions, how to tame your heart to keep it set on what is, what is true. And remembering that it comes from him, right? We're asking to be given. We're not demanding or saying that we're going to do it on our own, but yeah, Yeah, that's a, that's a a beautiful thread throughout this entire prayer. It's just how much it is like, God, give this to me, please give this to me, Lord God, like, let me feel this. Let me have this. There's so, there's so many individual asking for things throughout this prayer, which is so beautiful because to ask for something usually means you don't currently have it so yeah the continued asking and recognizing what we lack without him all right should we uh get to closing here yeah so let's wrap it up it basically it, it closes with the with asking or asking god to allow us to that when we're having hardships let that prepare our heart for heaven and then any joy that we feel along the way like let it be felt as just a joy, right? And I think that's kind of this idea that understand that we might have to go through a lot of 
hardships in the Christian life. And God uh, explicitly tells us that we're going to have to go through hardships in the Christian life. But let us like really view them as what they are in the proper proper spiritual sense, which is a possibility to become holier. And like let us feel that. And then obviously whenever there is repri- reprieve from that. Is that the right word? Reprieve? Is that a word? It's a word. I don't know if it's the word you want to use here. But reprieve, fin- like like w- w- when you are uh, released of something, you know, like a temporary. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. When you feel, if whenever you're feeling hardships, take every single joy as, as just a beautiful gift for what it is, you know. As opposed to, I think the tendency is we want to have our default setting be joy all the time. But I think it's much more. It'll lead to greater joy if you let go, the actual desire to be joyful, right? And just whenever there is something good. Just take it for what it is and be like, God, thank you. This is awesome. I'm going to enjoy it while I can. But I understand that, like, it is fleeting, like all joys, you know, until we get to heaven, obviously, or (laughs) ideally get to heaven. Right. Fingers crossed. Right. Remember the, well, that goes back to one. Did we skip that one? Transitory things be worthless to me and eternal Uh, things. We talked about, we we didn't say, we didn't call that specific verse, but we talked about the, uh, we talked about that stanza at, at pretty, pretty large. Yeah. Well, there you go. Coming up again. Yeah. So the, those are all my thoughts. I'll just keep talking. Oh, the last thought I had was, um, I read somewhere, I think it's on this link actually, right. Recited this prayer daily before the image of Christ so that to, to remind ourselves, and, and maybe, I mean, for me, it, it does help a little bit to tangibilize the faith, right. And to remember Christ's sacrifice for us and, the extent to which he goes for us and that we can desire him as much as he desires us. But looking at the picture is advised while you pray this. Yeah, that's very good. But not to not to detract from your point, but did you say ten, tangibilize? Is that a word? Oh, I don't know. But if I say it enough times, people might now. think it's a word. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> tangibilize. To make, ta- to, make, to make tangible. Disregardlessly, I'm going to use it. <laughs> And the, the way it ends is just beautiful. The word, amen. You familiar mm. with this word? Well, I ha- I wasn't before this prayer, but I re- really opened my eyes to it's everywhere else too. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things when you see it once, you start seeing it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I thought it was my brother's name just missing the R, but... <laughs> uh. Oh man, that's funny. That's well, good. that is all I've got. That's all the takes I have. Mm-hmm. Yep, consider me took taken taken. (laughs) all right from all of us here at sinner's take you will hear us in the next one